My waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hey, it's Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And today we're going to talk about yoga. And we have two really wonderful experts. They're both from England. And they've written a book, and it's called Embodying the Yoga Sutra, Support, Direction, and Space. And it's by Raju Roy and David Charlton. Now, these guys are coming to us today from the UK, and it looks like we're having a little bit of difficulty connecting. So before I bring them on or bring David on, let me give you a little information about these guys. Pretty interesting stuff here. Now, Raju was born in Udapur, which he's of mixed Indian race. He's uh, English heritage and was brought up in England. He worked for 12 years in England's National Health Service as an art therapist and family therapist and has considerable experience in counseling and therapy with individuals and groups. Although he travels extensively in India, he lives in Wellington, England, where he and his wife, Lydia, run their own studio, Yoga Mala. Now, David, on the other hand, grew up uh, in London and originally studied mechanical engineering before pursuing yoga full-time. He worked as a software engineer. Always interested in yoga and Eastern philosophy, he, complete, he completed an MA in Buddhist philosophy in 1993 and has traveled widely in India and Southeast Asia. He and his wife, Gail, teach yoga from their own studio, Living Yoda, Yoga in Malvern, England. Now, I think we've got David on the line here from England. Hey, David, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for coming on High Road to Humanity. Before I, um, before we start our conversation, I want the audience to sit back and relax, and I'm going to read something from your book that really hit home with me. So, hey, you guys, sit back and relax. I'm going to read you a paragraph from their book, and it's called Embodying the Yoga Sutra, Support, Direction, and Space. And here we go. Being present and committed to the truth. Atha, now, not only conveys authority and marks an auspicious beginning, it also suggests an immediacy, a presence in the here and now. It's a call to see things as they truly are without coloring, without the coloring of the past or thoughts of the future. A fundamental premise of yoga is that our minds are rarely clear lenses through which we encounter the world, but instead are full of distractions, memories, and projections that color our view of both the world and our place within it. The purpose of yoga is to clear the lens so that we encounter the world fully in the present, just as it is. I love this. Without distraction or distortions, we could somewhat creatively say that the whole of the yoga project is encapsulated in the very first word of the Yoga Sutra, Atha, meaning currently, meaning entirely present and aware of what is. Hey, David, that really hit home with me. Welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thank you. I'm pleased. That was uh, that was meant to hit home. That was the idea, really. In, in some ways, yeah. it's to to set out the stall from from the outset, really. And, and and I think that sums it up really well. Yeah, because well, and it's so hard. You know, I'm going to ask you to tell us your story of how you guys got together. But my big thing, and what I really want to talk about, I got lots of questions for you today, David. Um, is you know how to quiet the mind because it's a tough thing. How to be still, you know, and all of that. So I want to get into some of that. But how did you and Raju Roy get together? I mean, you were you know not into yoga. You were an engineer, right? I was, um, but I've been interested in yoga for a long time. Okay. In fact, actually, I, I started yoga when I was at university, which okay. was some 30-odd years ago now. So at that time, um, it was quite unusual, particularly for a bloke, to, to sort of get involved with yoga. Okay. Um, for some reason, and I don't really know why, it sort of took my fancy, and, and so I got involved. Um, and similarly, at a similar kind of time, Ranji also started uh, encountering yoga, and we met probably some 30 years ago on our very first yoga retreat 
uh, in the UK, which, um, to be honest, at the time, it did it completely freaked me out. I was it was so different to anything I'd really encountered before. Why did it freak you out? What was so different? Uh, just, just that it was um, here. We were being asked to spend a whole week practicing yoga. Um, quite intensely, we were doing a lot of practice. Right. We were doing a lot of breathing exercises. I was away from my normal environment, and it wasn't so much when I was there, but when I went back out into the world, it just everything felt completely different, right. and it, it felt really unusual. Now I have to say, I mean, those transitions from retreats into normal life get easier the more you do them. But at the time, it just sort of opened my eyes to a whole new world. Right. So it's like a shock to your system. And I, you know, I believe I'm a real big believer in energy and the shifting of energy. And I think when, and I love this because you talk a little bit about this in the book, when you breathe and when you do the do yoga and do some of the poses, it changes your energy. It changes everything. It does, indeed, uh, absolutely, and, and I think um, sometimes people don't appreciate when they're practicing the yoga postures that really their, their function is much more about the energetics of than it is about muscles and bones and stretching, which you know, it, quite honestly, is what most people would associate with yoga. But um, at the heart of it is this kind of en- energetic shift, and right. breath is our real means to. Um, make that real, make something happen. Right. So for us, the use of uh, conscious breathing within the uh, postures and also within specific breathing exercises uh, is really at the heart of the matter. Right, right, right. Well, listen, we've got we've got uh, an hour show, but we've got about one minute till we go to break. Um, you know, and I want to talk to you about a lot of this stuff. I've, I read the book, and I just got some really questions that I want to know, and I think the audience will want to know too. But um, just for the audience, it's the book is called Embodying the Yoga Sutra: Support, Direction, and Space. And and you know, I want to talk really quickly before we go to break. What is the support, direction, and space? Well, it's an approach that uh, to practice. It's an also an approach to life, and it's quite unusual in that it's linked into the very philosophy of yoga. Also, so okay. it's it's an idea that was formulated by our late teacher Peter Hersnack, and I think it's a very very clever way of thinking about the practice and thinking about the practice in a way that is also touches very deeply the essentials of uh, some essential ideas in Indian philosophy. So right. a bit more about it, about how in practice it works. Um, but in a nutshell, it's about a complete approach to practice. And I think it's a key that unlocks something very important about the whole yoga method. Okay. Okay. Do you want to say more about it now? Or, or? No. Uh, well, I, you know, we're about one minute to break, but where can they pick up your... Yeah. More stories to tell on High Road to You're Humanity. Out. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Hey, all you High Road listeners out there. I just want to take a moment to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with bestradiotravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rate. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. 
Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity. And this is Nancy Yearout, your host. And I'm here today with David Charlton, and we're talking about embodying the Yoga Sutra. And, you know, he's got some really cool stuff in this book. He and Ranju Roy wrote this together. And Ranju couldn't be here today. He's teaching a yoga class, so we're going to give him a pass on this one. But um, David's here to share uh, some information. And, David, one thing that I picked up in the book that I thought was so interesting, you said yoga can be used as... Uh, in the context of putting on a suit of armor. And it reminds me of putting on the, the protection of Archangel Michael, the suit of the armor of God to protect ourselves. Can you kind of give us a little bit of synopsis of what you're talking about here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, basically what we're doing is we're exploring the use of the word yoga, which has been very diverse through its history. In, in fact, if you look in a Sanskrit English dictionary, Yoga was a Sanskrit word uh, right. originally. Uh, you'll find that it's a huge entry, and there are a whole range of meanings of the word yoga, um, which are very diverse. Some of them are not associated particularly with what we might normally think of as as yoga. So, for example, putting on a suit, suit of armor is a yoga. Performing a magic trick is a yoga. Um, your employment, your work can also be a yoga. There are all sorts of different meanings. And I suppose one of the things we were trying to do was to explore, well, what is it that links all these possible meanings with the kind of practice that we might understand? And the answer is that all of them are different ways in which you engage with something, often a particular discipline or a particular technique, in order to produce a beneficial outcome. So you link yourself, which is primary meaning of the word yoga, to something, some practice, some discipline. Um, you mentioned a, a kind of, I'm guessing, a visualization that you, that you might do. So you, you link right. yourself to something which is actually transformative for you and um, produces a beneficial outcome. And that essentially is what the yoga method is. It isn't linked to bodily postures per se or to meditation per se it's this idea of linking yourself to a something that is useful for you and and that's an example of a support okay it's more like you have to have a desire and an intention yes you do absolutely and um in order to, to, to link with whatever it is that you're deciding to link with, that something that's going to be supportive for you, um, it's really important that you you engage with that authentically. So right. you really want to do it, if you like. Um, you've got to learn how to do it. There's often some technique involved. And right. you have to be willing to, and, and I think this is actually really important, is you have to be willing to let it touch you. you okay. Have to, to let it transform you in some way okay. so there's actually quite there's something quite subtle actually about the way that you engage with something about the way that you um, link to something and allow it to have an effect on you right now you say and, and I, if i pronounce anything wrong please correct me you I'm say Atha is being present and aware of what is. And then you, you have a quote here. To be in the state of Atha, uh, moment to moment, is thus to be in a state of yoga. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, I mean one of the, uh, another, I suppose, defining feature of yoga, and it's the way that it's actually defined in the Yoga Sutra, is that yoga is specifically a state of mind. Right. And it's a state of mind where you are very clear, that you're very present and that you're seeing things just as they are, uncolored by 
thoughts and feelings, many of which will be about the past or, or conditioned from the past, or, or you might have fears and anxieties about the future. Right. Um, the idea of yoga is being there right now with what is. Right. Now, I thought, I'll tell you what I found really interesting about your book and really enlightening, by the way. You know, every, when I think of yoga or when I used to think about yoga before I read this, I would think about your body. Okay. Yes. Cause that's how we think of it here in the United States. We think, okay, yoga is about the body and movement, but yeah. you brought it completely around and said, no, this is about being still and being present and having a purpose. And you know, that really hit home with me. I was like, wow, this is more than just body movements. This is a combination of both. It is, absolutely. And I mean, we, we've called it embodying the Yoga Sutra, acknowledging that, you know, we are all embodied beings and that for most of us, our yoga starts with, you know, physical movements on the mat. But actually, there's nothing in the path of yoga per se that means that you have to do those kinds of bodily exercises. It's really about um, about your state of mind. Right. Uh, and it, it's always been that. I think somehow the message has got a little bit um, lost in translation, I suppose you could yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it just simply, I think, because we are generally very physically oriented in the West, we're very concerned about our bodies, that's the way that yoga's tended to go. But... but that's not really at the heart of it, I don't think. Right, right. I was just like, this is really cool because it made a whole lot of sense to me. Now, I'm going to ask you something. I know you don't have all the answers, but maybe you do. Oh. It's so <laughs> it's so hard to become fully present because, you know, and I've been, that's one something that I'm working on right now is just to be present in the present moment. And when you are present is when you are most at peace is what I'm realizing. So, but it's hard because you, you get thoughts that come into your head about the past, about the future. What do I have to do? And something reminds you of something. And then you're like, oh, I remember that. You know, give us, I just, how is it possible to do this, to be still, to not think about those things? Well, I think the first thing to say is it's very difficult. If you've got any, you know, magic answers, I'd be certainly um, glad to, <laughs> to hear them. It's a practice. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's what it is. It's a path of training, you know, and I, and I think, um, if you were to say to me, are you somebody who has a really still mind or are you very peaceful? The, the honest answer would be not really, but I'm trying. And I think that's the point. There's something to be, there's something to be said about the process of trying and right. essential means to do that is, uh, in right. the system is to actually find some way to attempt to direct and involve your mind. And well, a lot of what we're doing is we're finding ways and tricks, if you like, to engage us and to pull our attention in so we become more and more into the present. But it's not an easy job. No. Well, you say quieting the mind is to focus, not to suppress it. And that yeah. hit home, too, because a lot of times, you know, you're, you you want to suppress it so it doesn't the thoughts don't come. But that's not the way to go. It, you have to focus. So what do you focus on? Well, there are lots of possibilities. In yoga tradition, it gives you lots of possibilities. That's one of the ideas of the different postures is to focus on the experience of different bodily movements. Okay. We focus on the breath. If you were to say want one thing that really characterizes the yoga tradition, I believe it's the focus on the breath. Right. The breath is universal. The breath is neutral. Um, it's essential to our life, and it has a very subtle dimension to it, which you can experience. So um, the breath is a great support, if you like, to engage our attention. Right, right. You know, something else you talked about, too, and you said that suffering and worrying you talk about um, in the book. And, you know, you say a lot of the Indian um, concepts were trying to teach people not to su not to, to stabilize their minds. So they weren't suffering and they weren't worrying. And yes, that's right. something that this helps with, correct? Absolutely. I mean, again, an enduring theme within the Yoga Sutra, and I think this comes as a bit of a surprise to people, is the idea of stability. Right. It's one of the enduring themes through the Yoga 
Yoga Sutra, that actually to make your mind, make your sense of being stable and in some senses resilient is a really important thing. Okay. Okay. Now, again, so you, I, I'm going to go back to, to quieting the mind. Yes. The best way that I have come, the best way that I've learned to do it, and I want to hear the best way that you've learned to do it. <laughs> the, best, <laughs> the best way I've learned, honestly, is what you said before, and it's to breathe. Yes. Um, yeah, and to concentrate, because when I meditate, I concentrate on my breath, and that's when I'm able to quiet the mind, and I get the most information from source, from God. Yes. And, now, do you find that the same, or, or what do you do? Yes, no, I would agree. I would agree. We, we would say that um, focusing on the breath is the most effective means um, to stabilize the mind. There are many possibilities, in fact. Right. You, you know, for some people doing something physical, the physical postures, the asanas work really, really well. Right. But people um, breathing exercises work really well. Um that other people using a mantra, you know, something that they recite can work really well. Okay. The point is they are all potential supports. Right. The, the subtitle support direction in space. They are all potential supports. To quiet. In a sense, it's about finding uh, that which will work best for you. Right. And, and practicing that, you know, working with it regularly. I'm sure you find in the way that you, you meditate, the more you do it, in a sense, the easier it becomes. No, that's true. That's exactly true. Hey, listen, we've got about one minute to break, and I just want to know, how can people get in touch with you if they have questions for you, David? Well, we've got a website. Um, Our yoga organization is Sadhana Mala, which is a bit of a mouthful. But if you take our book, embodyingtheyogasutra.com, then you can connect with us that way. So just check out that website, embodyingtheyogasutra.com, and then there are links there that will take you through to our uh, website for yoga, yoga retreats, training, and all that kind of thing. Okay. And you travel all around the world teaching your classes, right? We do. Uh, um, we, to be honest, our teaching is mainly in the UK and Ireland. Okay. But we have, that, but we have done stuff um, Other places. Europe, and we take a group to India usually. Right. Hey, you guys, It's called, the book is called Embodying the Yoga Sutra. I'm here today with David Charlton. The guy who wrote it with him is Ranju Roy. He's doing a yoga class right now, so he's not joining us. But um, check this out because this is really gives a whole different uh, feel and idea about yoga. I mean, when I read this, I was like, right on, you guys, man. It's not about the movements. It's about every, it's about still in the mind. This is Nancy Arrow right now back on High Road to Humanity, but make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. TogiNet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15% to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Nancy to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through TogiNet Radio. We have negotiated special rates at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to BestRadioTravel.com slash Nancy to sign up and enjoy the discounts. That is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Nancy. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better, to create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. 
When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now welcome back to the High Road. Welcome back to High Road to Humanity, and this is Nancy, you're out your host. I'm here today with David Charlton. We're talking about his new book, Embodying the Yoga Sutra, and the co-author is Ranju Roy. And we were talking on the break, you guys, because I, I was telling David that I keep thinking, I'm going to do some yoga, I'm going to do some yoga, but this really motivates me, and, and I think will motivate you guys, too, because if you meditate and you're really trying to go within, um, it really it really hits home, and you it's a combination of the two. We were talking, it's the yoga movements, right, David, that you were saying, along with the breathing, along with the meditation, that kind of create the whole package, right? Absolutely. Um, I mean, in a sense, the, the the different yoga postures are just one possible means. They're a very good means because I, I think working with the body is something very tangible for us. You know, sometimes for people... When they're, particularly when they're first starting out, if you ask them to just sit and meditate, it's quite tricky, actually. Mm-hmm. But ask people to do some simple movements. And they do, they only have to be simple. I think, again, this is one of the misconceptions about yoga is that it's, you have to do very difficult bodily positions. You have to be really flexible. You have to do all these wacky postures that you'll see the pictures of. But actually you don't. You can get maximum results from the simplest of movements. If you just focus on what you're doing and you breathe consciously, the body is a really good way in. It's a good, it's a really good way in to start to explore, um, your feelings about how to explore the, the flow of energy in the body and how to um, gradually work deeper and deeper into the, the process of your being. Right. So really, the answers are very good, but they, they, in a way, they're the starting point, actually. Right. Well, I thought it was really cool. Um, you guys, in the book, they have, okay, they don't have these elaborate drawings. They have stick figures, which I thought Cool, because it shows the city that you're talking about. It doesn't, because I, when I think of yoga, I think of all these, just like you said, all these really crazy moves that are difficult to do, and they're not. They're really simple moves. And the other thing that I really love that you guys talk about is that as you get older, this is something that you can do to stretch, keep yourself flexible, and it's not something you have to stop when you turn 60 or 70 or 80 years old, you know? No, indeed. I, I mean, uh, the Indian teacher who we worked with um, famously said, as long as you can breathe, you can do yoga. Right. So, and I think that's a really important message. Now, I, I think the only issue is you don't want to be doing the same kind of yoga when you're 70 because right. when you're 20. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, there, there are whole issues about what is appropriate for people at their different points of life. Okay. But um, for sure. You can develop your your yoga practice throughout your life, and ideally it will become deeper and more profound. Right. Well, and you talk about, and this is so important because I'm a real big person about transforming our material nature, including our mind, so that the seer, our true self, can manifest. And that's, man, that just hits home with me. Don't you agree on that one? Because, I mean, we got to get away from this material stuff and get back to who we really are. Yes, indeed. And I, I think, you, you know, the, the Yoga Sutra presents a view of us which acknowledges both our material side and acknowledges our spiritual dimension. Now, interestingly, the um, 
all of the work, the, the, the goal is to realize something about our spiritual nature. Definitely. Right. right. However, all the work is on the other side. And the work is in our body minds. And most specifically about the nature of our mind, which at the end of the day is what filters all our experience. So I think yoga is, is very unique in presenting a view that actually in some ways embraces these two principles, the spiritual and the material, and suggests that in many ways we have to, um, we have to live with a foot in both camps. It's, mm-hmm. it's, we have to live... Um, in the present. We have to be present. Yeah, in, in the present and, and both embodied yeah. and yet with a sense of our spirituality and um, something beyond our mundane existence. So to embrace those two together at the same time, right. I think that's the job of yoga. Yeah, it's balance. That's where I talk about balance, and that's what it is. You have to have some spiritual, and we are here in this world. I mean, we do have to live in this world. and. Yeah, but it's nice to, I don't know, in a way, meditation is a way in my mind to quiet my mind to make living in this world a little bit easier. I would agree. <laughs> 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 yeah. okay, quite like that. We might yeah, because it's tough out there, man. It's not so easy. I mean, it's it's all good to say, but I will say this. Um, the more I have done this work, the more um, I have become able to handle different situations in the world better. No, I would agree. And, and we mentioned earlier, we talked about stability and resilience. Right. Uh, and I think that's one of the, the great things that yoga practice can do for you. It can give you a tool. It can give you the means, if you like, to when you feel that you're a little bit knocked or, you're, or things are a little bit rocky, gives you a great set of tools for bringing yourself back to a point of uh, relative stability. I mean, in my experience, even if I've been feeling terrible, you know, something really bad's happened, if I do... A practice, some kind of practice, doesn't necessarily cure everything, but right. it invariably makes me feel better and more stable. Right. And a bit like a, I would use the, the term perspective reset. It's like those yes. things that have been bothering me don't seem quite so big anymore. Right. Well, I think when you, right, because you, if you take the, right, we all have things that happen in our lives. And if you take the time to do some movements, do some meditation, a combination of the both, then it changes the energy. It's not just change. And I got to say this because it doesn't just change the energy within you. When you change your energy, it changes everyone around you because they feel the difference. So, that's kind of been my experience about no, this. No, I would completely agree with you. And um, one of the chapters in the book uh, discusses the idea of living um, living with others, if you like. And the Yoga Sutra proposes a set of ideas uh, for living better and living our relationships better. Uh, again, one of our teachers famous, somewhat famously said that actually the measure of yoga is in your relationships. It's not necessarily about the depth of your meditation, per se. It's about how that affects your life, how that affects your relationships with others, and how you relate to the world around you. I really like that. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense because when you're, when you do, this is what I figured out. When you work on yourself, you know, and you work on, how you're doing, then it does change everything around you. And the people that don't meld with you kind of fall to the wayside and new people come into your life and there's more of an energetic balance. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. It's almost as if we we create the space, I would say, for right. um, things to change and, and people to, to show up or things to show up in our lives. I would completely agree. Right, right. It changes everything. You guys, this is really important stuff because, um, you know, a lot of times we, the world gets so crazy out there. You know, we go to work, we pick up the kids, we got to go to the grocery store, we got all this stuff to do. And, you know, I always say take, uh, 10, 15 minutes in the morning before you leave for work or whatever and just chill and maybe do some yoga movements and some meditation, some breathing exercises. It will make a huge difference in your day. Um, I don't know. So, um, 
what else what else is it that you can really help us with as far as focusing on uh the present that's one of my biggest things i have such a hard time with that i hate to bring back to that but you know i know breathing but what do you do um what do i do i i do some i would do some yoga postures to begin with i think they're a great way of um uh, getting you started I would do some seated breathing exercises. In yoga, we call that pranayama. I find that is incredibly effective for clearing clearing your mind. I sometimes think doing the seated breathing exercises in yoga is a bit like having a shower for your mind. Okay. Having a shower in your head. It kind of just clears everything out. Okay. It's a practice that sometimes takes a little time to become acquainted with, and you do need a good teacher. Right. You do the more elaborate breathing exercises in yoga. I can't stress that enough, actually. There are some things which you need some direction with, you need some assistance with. Um, do you have videos or anything on your website that people can check out? Do you know we don't? <laughs> we're, hey, we're a man. Come we're on, a man. We need some videos. <laughs> no, we're a little bit old school. Oh, um, oh. But there are. I mean, there are plenty of teachers from this tradition in the U.S., for example. So what do we look for? What do I look for? If I want to find somebody who can... uh... Have a look for Vini Yoga, V-I-N-I Yoga. And there's a very uh, well-established teacher in the U.S. called Gary Kraftsell. He's written some books. Um, he's, He's based in Hawaii, I think. But he's got a network of teachers all over the U.S. I mean, I would, I would link up with that network cool. and, and Vinny Yoga so V-I-N-I right yoga yes. and, yep. and just google that and we can find and what is his name again? His name is Gary Kraftsell. Gary Kraftsell. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, if, if, you, if you google Vinny Yoga in the US I'm sure he will come up. I think he runs an organization called the American uh, Vinny Yoga Institute. Got it, got it. Hey, you guys, um, we got about one minute to break, but we're here today with David Charlton, and he's talking about his new book that he wrote along with Ranju Roy, and it's Embodying the Yoga Sutra, Support, Direction, and Space. You can pick this thing up at Amazon. It's really interesting, by the way. Reading just the be- the first few chapters really was um, a- an eye-opener for me, um, and I do this work all the time. So um, you got to check it out. And We'll be right back here at High Road to Humanity, um, and we're going to talk more. Um, I've got lots of more questions for David today. So <laughs> before we let him get out of here, he is he's visiting us from England, and he says the weather is a little dreary and cold over there today. And I told him the sun was shining where I'm at, but... um. <laughs> anyway, we're so thrilled to have him on the show today, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back with the high road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to sign up for her intuitive personal coaching program or to book a psychic reading. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating, and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. It's merging. 
next time your parents or grandparents complain about walking to school uphill both ways, you can tell them about a village in China where getting to school is a real adventure. In the mountainous Sichuan province, children have to get to school from their tiny village of Atular by rappelling, abseiling, and clambering down a 2,500-foot cliff. Using ropes and bamboo ladders to scale this one-half-mile-high brook the journey is so difficult that the school children ages 6 to 15 only return home every two weeks. What's the word for the fear of heights? Hypsophobia. A new set of steel stairs is now being considered to help make the journey to school safer. By the way, a rock tumuk is a hill so steep it hurts the stomach of anyone who tries to climb it. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity. And this is Nancy Yearout, your host. Hey, I got to promote myself a little bit. You guys check out my website, nancyyearout.com. If you'd like a psychic reading, I do do readings for people and I'm pretty good at it. So check out my website. You can sign up there and also pick up my book. It's called Wake Up. The Universe is Speaking to You and you can find it at Barnes and Noble or you can find it at Amazon.com. I'm here today with David Charlton. We're talking about embodying the Yoga Sutra. And before we went to break, we were talking about Vida, what, what is it? Vini Yoga. Vini Yoga. Okay, Nancy yeah. lost it there for a minute. <laughs> All right, David, tell us about Vini Yoga. Right, okay. Although it's become an approach to yoga, and if you Google Vini Yoga, it will come up, it's a very interesting word because actually it's got nothing specifically to do with yoga at all. Oh. No, interestingly enough. Okay. Vini yoga really means, it, it's short for what in Sanskrit is Vishesha Niyoga. And basically it means special or specific application. Oh. And what it emphasizes, and this I think is really important, is it emphasizes that ideally we should be using the Vini yoga of yoga. In other words, the application of yoga techniques to specific individuals and their specific circumstances. So Vini Yoga is the concept that actually we're all different. We all have different needs, and we all need to find the yoga practices and the yoga techniques which are appropriate for each one of us. So when we work with people, if I was working with you, for example, and you asked me for a yoga practice, what I give you could be completely different to what I give somebody else. Well, how do you determine that? Like, how do you, how do you, what's your, what's your determination between me or somebody else? Well, that's a good question, you see. Um, and that's, that I think is the skill that hopefully we've developed over a few years. And what you do is you meet with the person, you discuss with the person what they're interested in, you take into account their occupation, their culture, their age, their physical abilities. And on the basis of that, we would formulate some ideas because the, the practices within the spectrum of yoga are incredibly diverse and there's so many of them and it's just not possible to do everything. And it's, it, it's not desirable either to do everything, not for everybody. So, right. You've got to do what's good for you. You've got to do what's good for you. And we need some guidance often for, with right. that. You know, there are lots of techniques, there are lots of tools in the yoga toolkit, if you like. Okay. But... Uh, what's important is that we find what's appropriate for us. So Vini Yoga really encapsulates this idea of individually tailored practice. Got it. And taking a system of postures, for example, and saying, well, I've got to do all of those. This is the diametric opposite of that. Got it, got it. Person, it's meeting the person, it's discovering what will help that person. Okay. A shared project. When we do an individual uh, yoga class with somebody, what we're looking to do is develop a kind of shared project, um, which is about their um, their development, their healing, their health, their growth, whatever right. it is that that person is seeking to address. Do you, think, 
So you do one-on-ones with people? We do. That's awesome. That's that's the essence of what we do. And our one-on-ones are not just like having a, a yoga class for one person. It's not like going to see the personal trainer. What we seek to do is to work out and develop a practice that will work specifically for you. Okay. And you away and you practice it at home. And then in an ideal world, you come back and we discuss and, and then it develops and, and you grow from that. Right. So it's very much based on the individual relationship, um, the, the idea of um, a progression and a progression that respects the individuality and aspirations of the person. But that's right. the program. No, well, because we're here to grow. And, and sometimes I think people don't realize we are on this earth to learn and to grow. And this is a way of evolving our own spirituality, our own self. And I think that's really awesome that you guys do this. I wish I was in England. I'm going to have to come visit you guys so I can sit down and <laughs> analyze me and tell me what I need to do, right? <laughs> well, there are. I, I, I mean, I'm doing a good advertising job for the uh, <laughs> yoga teachers in the U.S., but there are there are many teachers in the U.S. who, who will approach things in this way. There are a lot of bones, but there are, there are a number of people who will have been trains and will be working in this way and i thoroughly recommend people check them out right 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 there was something we talked about on the break and i wanted to bring it up because i hear this all the time but it's like this word prana energy is thrown out all the time what does it mean i really you know oh you want to be in the what is that help me out here i mean don't you hear that thrown around a lot and and especially by spiritual people and i'm like guys just trying to use a word that i don't understand or what's going on here yeah the the history of the word prana in india is long and complex in fact people have written phd theses on it oh no okay is it is Potentially, it, it is quite complicated and diverse, but we can make it simple. Okay. We can make it really simple, okay? Prana is linked to your breath, but it isn't your breath. Prana is your vital energy. And it's said that when when prana leaves the body, then that's the end of your life. Oh, you're dead. You are. So prana is like your life force. Ah. And and. It's linked to your breath, but it isn't exactly the same as the breath. The way that we can influence it, the quality of your prana most easily, is through the breath. And that is really what the yoga system has explored in all sorts of different ways over its long history. But prana is essentially your vital energy. And it's your vital energy that makes you feel alive. It may, it's responsible for your perception. It's responsible for your thoughts, your vitality, your life, if you like. That's prana. That's prana. So how is that different than your chakras? Or is it part of your chakras? Well, um, the chakra system was a system that that developed in India as uh, prana said to flow through the body through a network of channels. Okay. Nadi. The chakra are located at specifically specific potent places right. where many of these channels cross. Okay. So it's it's like uh, the, the chakras are where there are many nadis channels meeting. So the chakra are a way of really influencing your your prana in because they are very powerful places in the body. Okay, so if I clear my chakras, I'm helping my prana energy. Yes. Yeah, you are. You are. You are. The ideal in yoga is to create the conditions where prana can flow freely throughout the body, and I have the idea that for many of us, um, that flow is compromised in some way. There are blockages in the body, right. and this is both. I think this is both a kind of um, physical thing. It's an energetic thing. It's also, and I think it's important to appreciate this also, it's also a metaphorical and symbolic thing. Okay. So I do think, so, you know, prana is an experience. We can experience prana in our bodies, but we should also appreciate the symbolism of prana, which is about the idea that when our prana is concentrated and stable, we feel at ease and our quality of perception is very acute. 
speaking okay. presence is an example of when you could say that your prana is very concentrated, is very still, and is very focused. Okay. Um, wow. So okay. I mean, I mean, we're, we're scratching the surface, but um, no, that's cool. Well, and and so when you're con- when you meditate and do yoga and yeah. you really balance yourself, that creates a balance in your prana energy, which makes you clearer and you yeah. can focus and you can yeah. see beyond some of the whatever hoopla. You see the real deal, I guess, is what I'm yeah, trying to that's, say. That's the idea, and the idea is according to the yoga tradition, the possibilities for our mind and perception uh, during meditation when the mind is very settled and um, the mind is very clear is extraordinary. Yeah, I I agree with that. So it's a very simple practice, but a very... uh, It's very great for our bodies, our mind, and our souls. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it works on many, many levels. I think... A good no. practice. It needs to be the right practice. Okay. And I can't emphasize that enough. You know, it isn't simply about putting your hands and legs in the right place. You know, it might look spectacular, but in, in a way it doesn't mean anything. That's it's, not real. That's not the uh, real deal. Right. No, it isn't. It's about what's going on inside. Right. Gosh, you hit it, man, right on the head. If we could just get, if I could get that point across to everybody, David, we'd be a whole different world. It's about the inside, not the outside. And that's probably why you're not into the whole social media thing and everything, because you've realized that. When did you have that aha moment when you were back in India, or did it take a while before you realized it? No, I I, I think it's been a, a long, I think it's been a long road, a gradual road for us, right. really. Um, You know, we've been involved in yoga for some 30-odd years, and um, I think my understanding of it, or our understanding of it, has grown and developed over that time gradually. I can't say there has been a a single moment. The only thing I would say is I think meeting uh, our late teacher, Peter Hersnack, was a turning point in our lives because he had a way of, formulating ideas mm-hmm. and expressing some of the ideas that are very complicated actually mm-hmm. you know it's easy right. uh, but he had a way of expressing it that I, I think did open my eyes so I, it's been a gradual process but I would have to acknowledge him as being a, a force in, in that, that journey and I think often pe- significant people often are for right. a sort of we have teachers. We all have teachers. Right. I'm sure you've had people who've had a big oh. influence in your life. Absolutely. And it's changed my, yes, yeah, different people that have come in. And I always feel like that's divinely guided, those people that come into your life, because they, they're there for a reason, to elevate us, to, to teach us a little more. We're about at the end of our show today, but I just want to thank you for coming on today. Yeah, that's great. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. I- you're welcome. Thank you for coming. Um, you guys, it's called Embodying the Yoga Sutra. Pick it up. It's support, direction, and space. Uh, you can pick it up at Amazon. And give us your website one more time. Um, it's sadhanamala.com or embodyingtheyogasutra.com. You guys, check this out because um, this is really interesting stuff, and it is life-changing stuff. And thanks for tuning love and hope for our future to sign up for my intuitive life coaching or a psychic reading visit my website www.nancyyearout.com my email address is nancy at highroadtohumanity.com so have a fabulous week and know that by staying on the high road you will make it to your destination